Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hey everybody, this is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and welcome to this episode of Dream Business Radio. I have a wonderful guest today. His name is Sam McRoberts. Um, this episode is brought to you by my new Facebook group called Build Your Dream Business Now. It is free. It's awesome. We have about 240 people, uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs that are part of the group. It's kind of like a little virtual mastermind, if you will. The power of the group is certainly not with me, although I'm a big component of it, but there's a lot of people where you can ask questions, get some feedback, get some support. It's a real safe place to get some attaboys. Come join us. You can, If you're in Facebook, you can just come right into uh, Build Your Dream Business Now. <laughs> Sorry about that alert. My schedule is what it is. Or you can type in Dream Biz Group group.com dreambizgroup.com and you will find there let me tell you a little bit about sam mcroberts he is the founder and ceo of voodoo marketing such a cool name he's been doing web design and online marketing for 18 years and has extensive experience with search engine optimization also known as seo content marketing paid search marketing conversion optimization and social media marketing he has done work for hundreds of companies such as htc microsoft nokia Getty Images, HostGator, Goodreads, Scholastic, and Shane Company. Sam is also the author of Screw the Zoo, a number one Amazon bestseller in self-help books. It is a book about escaping from the mental and societal cages that keep us trapped. And he also writes for Inc. and Entrepreneur. Screw the Zoo, what a cool name. Uh, so let's get right to my interview with Sam McRoberts. Hey Sam, thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Jim. Um, so I've given everybody uh, a little thumbnail about who you are, but um, uh, one of the things I like to ask people right off the bat is, are you, where did the entrepreneurial gene come from? Now, did your parents or your grandparents or, or uh, have a business, or are you the first one in your family to, to go that route? First one in my family, as far as I know. Both my parents went the traditional route, college, long-term jobs, um, but I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial bent from selling my stuff at garage sales and a newspaper route and lawn mowing as a kid to, you know, voodoo marketing, which is what I do now. I've always been more interested in my own thing than the traditional route. Now, did you go to college and, and uh, get a job for a while or did you just go right into the entrepreneurial situation? So I went to college for like two semesters in a term and realized very quickly that this was not going to work for me. So I got a job at a small agency and I'd already been doing stuff on the side for a while. I helped my mom run an eBay business. Uh, I built websites. And so that was my first real foray into the professional world. And I've done that off and on for the last 10 or 12 years, but always more focus on the side stuff. Very cool. Um... So you, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about. Well, first of all, your book, and then um, talk to you about Voodoo Marketing, which is such a cool name. But um, so you're very good at marketing because the name of your book is Screw the Zoo. <laughs> Tell me, how did that come about? You know, it's been kind of a mantra of mine for a long time. 
I see a lot of what we have in the world as zoo-like, a very rigid structure, people in cages, you know, not a lot of control. And it feels very zoo-ish, right? Like everything is regimented and lines are clearly delineated. And so I've always had this mental thought of, you know what, screw the zoo. I'm not playing that game. I don't want to be in that box. And it made a good title for the book. I wanted something that if someone saw it on a shelf, they'd do a double take and maybe pick it up. So... Well, there you go. That is it. I mean, the number one job of a headline or a title or anything like that is to get, get, stop people in their tracks and to notice you. So kudos for you to that. What ch Chapter one in that book is called Free Choice. Just briefly tell me what you're doing there. Yeah, so I, I think we all have the ability to make our choices, right? We can't choose our environment necessarily, how we were raised, where we were raised, even some of the opportunities that come our way. So there are a lot of things we don't have control over, but we have control over ourselves if we take it. We can make choices, we can choose how we respond to things. And so that was kind of uh, drawing the line in the sand, like, look, if you're the type of person who recognizes that you can take control of your life and make choices, great, let's move forward from that foundation. But if you don't believe that, then there's really not much else to say. Hmm. There's so much I want to ask you about the book, but I want to jump into uh, your company also. But let me let me go into, uh, uh, well, chapter or lesson. You call them lessons. Perception. Perception is reality. And the uh, second part of that is becoming telepathic. It's, first of all, did you who did you write the book for? Is it for entrepreneurs? Is it just uh, you know for general business? Or who's the audience for the book? You know, frankly, I wrote it for myself. Oh I have heard from cool. I've heard from a lot of successful authors that like I had a book in me, I needed to write it. And so they did. And it turned out that there were other people out there who it resonated with. So that was it for me. I read a lot of books. I think about that stuff a lot. And I wanted to try and condense down the stuff I'd learned into uh, a much shorter uh, piece of material than a hundred different books. And so that's essentially what I did. Very cool. Last thing on the book, at least for a while, and I may come back to it, but um, appearance, presentation is everything, and the man, the myth, the legend. You write, Are you writing about yourself there or what you've learned? No, so the presentation is all about you know how people make snap judgments and how your appearance and how how you convey your business, yourself, your speech, like all of those things, you know, people make decisions about you very quickly. And so it's how to adjust things to get the type of impression you want. And then the man, the myth, the legend is more about creating your ideal uh, ethos. Like, what is your story, and how do you tell it the right way, and how do you, you know, highlight the positives, downplay the negatives? So more about sculpting your bio, I guess. Very cool. So, uh, Voodoo Marketing—that is your company. And, and when did you start that? Two thousand and eight. Good for you. So you've you've crossed over the five-year threshold, and you're, you're still in business. So you're still in business. One of the survivors. And how would you describe your business? Because I, I see you do a lot of different things. Are basically a uh, an online strategy, or, or are you a done-for-you service business, or? So I actually started as a done-for-you service in the SEO space, and after working at a bunch of different agencies and consulting myself, I realized I don't like implementation, but I really enjoy digging into puzzles, problems, figuring out what's wrong, telling people how to fix it. So I focus now on SEO strategies and audits. Um, someone has a website, they want to know what's right and wrong from an SEO perspective, how to fix it, how to do better. I give them a step-by-step -step guide to walk them through it, and they can just hand it off to their dev team and do better. So if somebody uh, got an SEO audit from Voodoo, they're going to get a step-by-step -step how to do it, but not you're not necessarily going to do the work for them, or, or do you do that as well? No, I don't do the work. I just consult. 
Gotcha, gotcha. What's going on with SEO these days? I mean, is it is it like it's interesting if you write a book on SEO, is it out of date in six months or is is the kind of the nub of SEO is that is it always evolving or is it never changing? If you, you know what I'm trying to ask. So there there are pieces of it that evolve constantly. I mean, Google is always making changes to the way they process and weight things. But the core, right? Like Google at the end of the day, their job is to translate questions into answers. I go to a search engine, I type in essentially a question and I'm trying to find the best possible answer. So really Google's in the business of figuring out which websites answer people's questions. So as long as you know the type of questions your audience is gonna be asking and that you want to answer and you answer them the right way with the right pieces in the right place, that's not going to change, right? Like that's always been Google's goal and they're just trying to get better and better at it. Now there are other things, some technical things that are changing uh, that you need to stay aware of, like mobile, right? Mobile is a bigger deal. Page speed is a bigger deal. Some of the other technical elements that change frequently and you do need to stay up on. But the heart and soul of SEO, like making great content, optimizing it for your target audience, making sure that Google understands that page and that content, that's really always been the same. Wow. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know how many SEO audits you've done, but I, I look at, I am not an SEO expert, but I could, I've done it long enough and I have people that help me. But I've looked at some of my clients' websites and I know right off the bat without kind of going behind the scenes, this thing isn't ranking in the top 5,000. I mean, if somebody was listening to this and struggling with SEO, what's, what are some of the things that you look for when you do an audit? Yeah, so the audit itself is broken into three chunks. I'm looking for like on-page keyword-centric stuff, so your titles, your URLs, your content. Uh, looking at technical stuff, so page speed, sitemaps, uh, are you blocking crawlers from getting to stuff, that sort of thing. And then looking at linking and social signals. You know, Are you getting good links from good quality sites? Are they topically relevant? Are people mentioning and sharing your content on social? And you know, those are the core pieces. And there are really only a handful of tools out there you could use that help you do this. Like SEMrush is one of my favorites. Uh, you can quickly see all the keywords that your site is ranking for in the top 100 positions. You can see who your competitors are in terms of keyword overlap. You can check all kinds of on-page issues. Um, you can look into your links on there. Like SEMrush is by far my favorite tool in the space, but I would make that your first pass if you have a website and you're trying to figure out your baseline. It's a good place to start. So it's SEMrush, and you put in your URL and it'll give you some information? That's it. And there's a fair bit of info that's free and then a lot more that you unlock if you pay. Uh, but you can get enough out of the free side of it to make it useful. You know, um, depending who you listen to, you hear content is king. I mean, I, I still hear that, although less today. But is that still relevant? I mean, um, when you're talking about uh, links and things like that, are you talking about blogging and, and sharing articles and linking back to your site? Or when, when someone says content is king, what does that mean to you? So the downside of the internet is that everybody has a voice and every voice pushes out so much volume, right? So the volume of content going out far exceeds the level of quality. So more content, less quality, that's no good. And the stuff that tends to perform really well is the content that's exceptional. It's not average, it's not very good, like it's absolutely top notch. And because people are inundated as you comb through the web on a daily basis, you see so much crap. When you find something that's a golden nugget, a great piece of content, that's the stuff you're likely to share and link to. And so yeah, I would still say content is definitely king. There are a lot of other things you need in place to support it. 
But if you don't have excellent content, I mean, excellent content now is just table stakes. Wow. What are what, what do you think are the biggest mistakes businesses are making SEO-wise? Are they just throwing too much up and not giving thought to... Don't you love how I try to answer your question with or answer yeah. your question? Let, so let me just stop. What do you think is the biggest SEO mistake businesses are making? So I would say not thinking about SEO before you even build your website. Because the whole thing is essentially a, a funnel. You need the right pieces in place in the right way. And so I work with a lot of companies. I mean, they have an existing website. Sometimes they have control over all the right things. Sometimes they don't. But they, you know, you could be hamstrung just by having a poorly built site on the wrong CMS. You may not be able to do a lot with your SEO. Um, whereas if you have a really good CMS and you've thought about it from the start, and maybe the developer you worked with has a little bit of SEO background, you might be way ahead of the competition. Hmm. How often should somebody be blogging, and should the blog be part of their main site? Should they have a separate blog, or yeah, okay, part of the part of the main site for sure. Uh, the preference is to have it in a subfolder, so website.com forward slash blog uh, is ideal. And frequency, so frequency is going to vary a lot based on your industry. If you cover a lot of current events, obviously daily is going to be important. But if you're focused on really rich, long-form content, once a month might be fine. Uh, a good example would be Wait But Why. So Tim Urban puts up a piece of content, what, every few months maybe? And that site gets millions of visits a month, but doesn't put up content frequently. But the content that goes up is all insanely long, like 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 words long. I have a, um, I have a friend of mine. <laughs> as soon as I say that, it sounds, oh, yeah, sure, Jim. No, I have a friend of mine who, on his podcast, instead of just doing show notes, he's having the whole podcast transcribed and putting it up there. And he says, I think this is going to help me for SEO. Is he right? He probably is right. That's a, a tremendous amount of content. I mean, you figure the average person speaks at maybe 150 to 200 words per minute. So a 30-minute podcast, you may have 6,000 words of content. Like That's fantastic. Wow. That's pretty cool. So when it comes to SEO, do you think um, for the average small – who is your typical client, may I ask? Like what's your, what's your avatar? So it really ranges, mostly medium to large companies. So I've done work with like Goodreads, Scholastic, Nokia, Microsoft, Getty Images. Um, but I also work with some small businesses and startups that are really interesting, some influencers. Um, really, really, I like my heuristic is interesting. Like, is this a company that I would have fun doing an audit or a strategy for? Hmm. How does someone begin to prioritize? You know, when I when I work with small business owners, and you know, SEO is part of the mix, content marketing, video, podcasting. It, it kind of all goes into the the mixing bowl of how do I get noticed? How does how does somebody that's either you know obviously a, a solopreneur or on a limited budget, how do they start to prioritize some of that stuff? So really, it depends a lot on your goals. I mean, first, how are you making money? Are you selling a product? Do you have ads on your site? Are you doing lead gen? Um, and depending on the answer to how you make money, that may inform whether or not you want to focus on SEO right at the start and get your site ranking, or maybe put all your effort into you know videos on YouTube or Facebook because that's where your audience hangs out and that's how you acquire customers. So I would, I would say it very much depends on your business and your goals. But your priority should be whichever thing is making you the most money. <laughs> yeah. So 
are backlinks still important? I, I just don't seem to he hear much about those lately. People used to, back in the day, um, article marketing used to be huge, and there was a yeah. bunch of article marketing. So it's all about the backlinks. Back to your, is that still a big driver of SEO or? So it is. I mean, no one knows the exact percentage, but maybe somewhere between a third and half of Google's ranking signals are tied to external things like that. So somebody else says your content is awesome, whether that's a link or a mention on social or a co-citation of your brand name, whatever it happens to be. Google still factors that in a lot because they want content that other people are liking. And those are the ways they find that people like it. So still matters, still matters a lot. Google's gotten a lot better, though, at weeding out crappy links. Uh, anything that's built, you know, manipulatively spammy links, that sort of stuff. So, like, article marketing, article spinning, that sort of stuff doesn't work anymore. Um, getting good quality links from topically relevant or high-quality sites, that's still great. It's just harder. Hmm. When someone says content marketing, I'm looking for an effective content marketing strategy. Or, or if somebody comes to you and says, um, hey, Sam, what do you suggest for a content market? Let's say I'm a CPA. I live in a town where there's 489 other CPAs, and I've heard of content marketing. What would you advise them to do? Do something that the other people aren't doing. Um, a lot of people make the mistake of trying to be status quo. Like, hey, I'm competing with all these other guys, so I should look and act like these other guys. And people tend to gravitate towards people and companies that stand out as opposed, as opposed to conform. So I would figure out a way to stand out. Um, if you Google almost anything, like because SEOs have been around for so long and best practices are pretty well known, usually you see a string of title tags and meta descriptions on those search result pages that are almost identical. Like keyword call to action slash brand name. Uh, hey, our site has this great page about this stuff. Like they're very cookie cutter. And since people tend to skim content, if you write something that's shocking or inflammatory or stand out or unusual like you're going to draw people's eye and probably their click so i'd say that applies in all facets of business like how do you stand out how do you draw eyes how do you draw clicks and do you assuming somebody was comfortable and and you know had the confidence to do video podcasting you know a little less confidence needed to do article marketing and blogging certainly but does do either of well let's just take those three or four items does one rank heavier or have more weight than than the other so in terms of ranking right google ranks web pages and wherever the content lives it's going to depend a lot on the query you know if somebody's searching specifically for a query that google knows hey everyone who searches this really likes audio results then a podcast might be better so my recommendation then to turn that kind of around is to figure out what it is you're trying to show up for go search it in google and go and click into the, the sites that show up first, second, third position. Because this is Google telling you exactly the type of content, not only that they want to rank for that keyword or phrase, but that the people who are searching like to click on. So you can then model whatever it is you're going to create based off that. You can say, hey, the top three results are video. So I need to be doing video. Or the top three results are really long articles they have an average length of say 2500 words each so i need to write good long form content like google will tell you exactly what you need to do just by doing a search and looking at what shows up does google go into uh like linkedin and other sites like that also because you know linkedin is a place if you're especially if you're doing b2b you can post longer articles and things like that is that a factor with google or not 
So it can be. I mean, Google's crawling the parts of LinkedIn that are open to it, such as Pulse, um, but they're probably not getting to everything. I mean, LinkedIn kind of restricts at least some of their stuff behind a login wall. So uh, hard to say exactly what Google does and doesn't get to and does and doesn't factor. But essentially, any place that Google can reach, if there's content that mentions your name, your brand name, or includes a link, if Google can find it, they're going to count it in some fashion. If you're a consultant, Sam, and... Um... You work with, let's say you work with financial planners, but you also consult with with other people. Um, how do you how do you rank uh, a website? I mean, obviously, I believe in niching. I mean, that's I think you know somebody said there's riches in niches. So totally, you know, you should have a main website for uh, financial planner consulting things like that, and then. I was actually looking looking at uh, working with a client, and they they do a whole bunch of things. I thought there was nothing but links on their website, and I said nobody's going to click more than once, maybe twice tops, or they're gone. So, do you do you believe it's right to have a, a separate website or at least a landing page uh, for each niche? Separate landing page for sure. Separate website maybe. Um... So a couple of things. It's a lot easier to rank one website, building links to one place, creating content in one place, than it is to rank, say, 10 different things. Um, you have an advantage by having everything pooled into a single bucket. That said, Google is looking not just at individual pages, but also the site as a whole to understand your site's topic theme. So if you're all over the place, you may be less likely to rank for any specific vertical. So you'd have to really gauge like how varied are the things you're trying to rank for. If they're all within the same relatively narrow you know, vertical, then all right, it's not a big deal and just separate landing pages are fine. But if you're hitting like a bunch of different completely unrelated stuff because you do everything under the sun, you might want separate sites. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I use an expression, you know, one size doesn't fit all. Just because you got information buried within your website for everybody that might be looking for you doesn't mean any of them are going to find you. I mean, that's probably a non-SEO way of saying what you just said, right? Exactly. Okay. Uh, let me just circle back to the book real quick because we're starting to run out of time. I was interested in lesson three. It's called Tradition. And you have uh, some subsections called like Once Upon a Time, Total Crap, Brainwashed from Birth. What are you talking about? It's, i got to read this book. So I, I think as a individuals, societies, countries, cultures, like we are very much constrained without, you know, without ill intent, but by default, just because of where and how we're raised, right? Whether you're raised in the U.S. or China, the cultures are radically different. Whether you're raised with or without religion, with or without entrepreneurial uh, parents, like how and where you're raised has an enormous impact on how you turn out. And you have to start by being aware of those things. Like, hey, what are my constraints? What are the constraints that I'm not aware of? How have I been programmed, for lack of a better term, without even you know, being conscious of the fact? Because until you understand yourself, how you've been wired, how your, your viewpoints are structured, it's really hard to make meaningful changes. And so those sections, for me at least, were about the main areas in which people are hold back, held back, like whether it's uh, tradition or family structure, social boundaries, religion, you know, what are the things that are constraining you and do you need to change or remove some of those to move forward? Awesome.
man, I, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to get myself a copy of that book. Screw the zoo, sounds fun. So, where can other people who want to get the is it on Amazon? So, go to your website, and then also give us some information about how people can connect with you at uh, Voodoo Marketing, Sam. For sure. So the book is on Amazon. Um, the website, screwthezoo.com, you can download a free set of sample chapters. There's also a handful of chapters that I've pulled out and turned into blog posts on that site. So that'd be a good resource. And then Voodoo Marketing, just vudumarketing.com. It's the best place to get a hold of me. I don't blog there very much, but there's some good content. There's a really long form SEO guide that I keep updated. Uh, and then I respond really quickly on Twitter. So. Awesome. Well, you certainly sound like you, uh, you're you up to date on SEO. It's an ever-changing thing. You sound pretty knowledgeable. Dude, thanks so much for coming on the program, Sam. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jim. My pleasure. All right. Take care. You too. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sam McRoberts as much as I did conducting it. Some really, really good information. He seems like a really talented individual. Uh, come back this time next week for another great episode of Dream Business Radio. And remember, come join the fun at our Facebook group, our free Facebook group, Build your dream business now. You can put that right into the search engine or you can go to dreambizgroup.com. There's three simple questions you answer just to let me know you're real and you want to be a participant in the group. Dreambizgroup.com. Until next week, another great episode of Dream Business Radio. This is Captain Jim. I am the Dream Business Coach and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.